The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Hi. Thank you. I love the energy already. Um, I am Heather. If we haven't met before, it is so nice to meet you. I hope that over the next few minutes, we will become best friends as I speak. Jackson, my son is on the front row, you guys. (laughs) And my husband too. Yay. (laughs) This is a treat, bud. Okay, I, I can recover, I promise you guys. Okay. <laughs> I was dying in that video because uh, one of those answers is exactly what moms really want for uh, Mother's Day. Do you know what it is? Good behavior, absolutely. You can keep the slippers, you can keep the robe. Have you seen the I Got a Robe uh, sketch? Yes. Um, anyway, all we want is good behavior. It's really easy, kids. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of the moms, to all of you celebrating your moms, to all of you celebrating the moms of your children, all the things. It's a lovely day. I love Mother's Day, but it's a little bit complicated in our modern day times, right? Because it's not like it always used to be in history that there was a dad and a mom and the kids all in the same home. Sometimes now uh, celebrations get a little bit more complicated with uh, broken homes and things. And Mother's Day can be a little bit painful for some. And I appreciated what Hunter said and he acknowledged that. Um, Perhaps you desperately are wishing that you were a mom and you're not. And if that's the case that you find yourself in today, Our hearts are with you. I have two family members uh, that I am praying for every day to conceive a child or to be able to adopt a child. And so I understand that pain of hope deferred makes the heart sick. Our hearts are with you today. Or maybe perhaps it's a little bit uh, painful because you've lost your mom. You won't get to call your mom today and you feel that loss deeply. I uh, thankfully still have my mom with me and I'm so grateful for that. But in another month, Father's Day will come and I will find myself in the same spot that some of you find yourself in, that I won't be able to call my dad and I will feel that, uh, that loss deeply. Um, I would like to tiptoe very gently and reverently in validation for all of those real pains. I would like to tiptoe into a conversation and just propose to you that actually precisely because of the pain we feel at the lack of motherhood or the loss of mothers or children, precisely because of that pain, that all the more we should celebrate our moms. And I say that because when I come to Father's Day, I will have a choice. Because for just a moment when I see you with your dads, for just a moment, it pricks my heart. (sighs) Wish I had that but I have had to choose for my very next thought to be this. So happy you still have your dad. So happy you still have your dad. And so all the more because I feel the loss, I will celebrate your dad. All the more I want to come into that day and say to you, go all out. Don't miss the opportunity. So today, if you are there, either you are feeling the, the, ugh, I don't have a baby and I wish I had one or I don't have my mom and I wish I did, I want to encourage you to choose to celebrate moms anyway. And if you're not there yet, there's no judgment from me because someday you will be able to celebrate with, uh, with others their joy. Um, I wanna do something a little bit differently. I generally like to open up 
a message with something lighthearted, with a story, something like that. And so I want to apologize ahead of time that this is going to be just a tiny bit heavy, but I feel in obedience to the Lord's moving this week that this is something I want to do. And so it's a little unconventional. Um, I'm going to pray, which is not unconventional. Hopefully we pray on the regular, guys. I do. Um, But I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give you full disclosure ahead of time. It's going to be a long prayer. (sighs) So I really, though, if you can, don't fall asleep. (laughs) If you can, I really hope that you can join your hearts with mine to go boldly before the Lord, because as Galatians 6-2 says, bear each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. And so as I pray, will you really... Join my heart in um, going straight to the throne of Jesus and, and praying for the people in the room with you. Let's pray. Bow your heads. God, I pray for each person in here today. Mother's Day might be lighthearted and joyous for them, but it also might bring heavy, painful emotions right to the surface. So God, we come before you not in an empty ritual gesture of dead religion, but rather in the choice to connect our hearts together with the maker of the universe who sees us today, whether we're in the room or whether we're online, at home, and who is available and eagerly awaits conversation with us. So God, we pray for the woman who has had the season for having children come and go. Perhaps it was situational or physical reasons in the end that meant she will never have a baby of her own. Lord, I pray today that she may feel her value to us as a body of believers. I pray that you would help her let go of that deep wound and look to the many people around her that need the exact kind of nurturing gifts you have given her. May she not wait for the title to share her wisdom and her gifts. We thank you for all of our friends, our aunties, our spiritual mothers who play a vital role in our lives. And God, we pray for the woman who has been waiting for a child to hold. Lord, let faith and hope not die amidst the sorrow and the disappointment. Jesus, we ask for life to be conceived inside of her. And Lord, for those who wish to adopt, we ask for supernatural circumstances in which young women carrying children that they will not be able to raise will cross paths with the very women who have been praying for the chance to raise a child, not knowing who that might be. God, I pray for the young woman who has conceived a child that she neither planned for nor wants. I pray for your grace upon her mind, her heart, and her body right now. I pray that she would know that this church, that I will do everything in our power to walk with her, to care for her without judgment and to help in practical ways as she either chooses to raise that dear, precious, unique life or to help her through through the process of finding a home for her baby growing inside of her now. God, I pray for the mom who has lost her child. I cannot imagine this pain. May she bring her ache to you, allowing you to fill her heart and her arms today with your supernatural comfort and love. I pray she would know that our hearts are turned toward her, that we love hearing the stories about her little boy or her little girl and that their life still matters to us and to you. I also pray for each person in here who no longer has their mom to call or to see today. We grieve that deep loss with you. 
I pray that you would be filled with gratitude for the time and the memories you had with your mom. And I pray that the pain that you feel would soften today so that you will be left with good memories that are comforting and not tormenting. And I pray for all of the moms in here. I pray that they would be properly honored and celebrated for all of the laundry, the meals, the hugs, the rides they have offered over the years. And I pray your grace upon her, helping her to be consistent in her discipline and kind in her words and reactions. And above all, that your light would shine from each word and each deed so that she will always point her children to your goodness and your love. And God, I pray that you would take my words today and that you would speak to each and every individual heart in here what you wanna say in Jesus' name, amen. amen. <sighs> I know that's heavy, but I really, really just felt led to pray for each of you today. And we haven't even started our sermon, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always tease my husband about praying too long, and so I feel like for right now, like for this moment forward, I have lost all moral ground, high ground, <laughs> to tell him that he prays too long, because that was like the longest prayer in the history of prayers. <laughs> all right, let's turn to Galatians 6, and we're going to start in verse 7 there. Galatians is a letter written by Paul to a church in the area of Galatia. And all of the letters that Paul wrote were to different churches and different people. And it's no different than today. If I were to write a letter to each of my four children, I might say some of the same things to them, but I also would sort of address individual needs that they might have, strengths that they have, or weaknesses they have. It would look just a little bit different. And so Galatians was written to the people at Galatia who had experienced a little bit of uh, bad theology and bad teaching. And so Paul is working to, uh, to bring that back into health, that we don't, are not subject to the law of Moses. We don't have to follow all the do's and don'ts of the law of Moses. We are under the law of Christ and his love, and so that's the purpose of Galatians. So let's start in verse seven there. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from this sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So we're gonna deep dive and we're gonna go through these verses. We'll go back to verse seven there. And it says, don't be misled. Don't be deceived. Don't fall off the path. Don't think that for one second that, uh, that you will get anything other than this is what he's saying don't be seduced into believing the wrong thing. You cannot mock the justice of God. And that word mock there I found to be interesting. I do not read in Greek, I don't speak Greek, but I like to study what the original language is because I think sometimes it offers a little bit of extra flavor that we don't get in the English. And so I'm gonna do my best to speak this word correctly. And it's uh, mukterizo, there you go. And that's what is translated as mock. And it means to turn up the nose. I don't know about you, but my family has gotten really, really good at this gesture that speaks volumes without saying one word, right? Do you wanna have tacos for dinner? <laughs> How do you feel about the shirt on me? And maybe the shoulder as well, not just the nose, right? But it's a turning up of the, no the nose that says, mm, no, 
I don't think so. Uh, let's go out tonight. It says a lot, right? Just turning up the nose. And Paul says, uh, don't think for one second you can turn up your nose at this because it is going to happen whether you uh, agree to it, whether you like it or not. You can do this, but it's still happening, people, because it's a principle. And he says, you will always harvest what you plant or you reap what you sow. So because this is a law of nature, like gravity, you can't fight it. It's not something that you can just say, oh yeah, that's not for me. That's not gonna happen. No, it's gonna happen because it is a law of nature. You reap what you sow. Uh, I wanna look at a couple of principles of sowing and reaping. Don't, number one, don't expect to harvest something different than you planted. Seeds are amazing. I am a little bit of a science nerd, so I looked up some facts about seeds, but did you know that the viability of a seed could be just a few days, but it could last up to 2,000 years. That's crazy. You can find a seed and maybe within it, it still holds all the information needed to produce a particular type of plant. That is amazing. God is a good creator, right? But think about that for a second. Inside of a tiny little seed or a bulb or whatever, you know, the form that the, the thing that you plant has to be in is all the information needed to make a plant. That's crazy. So if I plant wheat, I will not get corn, right? If I plant jalapenos, I can't think that in a few months I'm gonna go pick a couple of roses. That'd be stupid. <laughs> it's obvious, right? But, but we do act in our lives as if this is not true. Spiritually, physically, mentally, we do things and we think we're gonna get a different result, right? If I sow donuts, I'm gonna get a jelly belly, right? A jelly-filled belly, for sure. <laughs> it's an undeniable law of nature. If I plant P-E-A, I can't think that I'm gonna go pick P-E-A-C-H, no matter how close it is. And listen, one is disgusting, and one is delicious. Ugh. Who likes peas? Wow, a lot of you. I think I ate too many as a kid. I hate peas, so now I never eat them. Although I do like snow peas but I don't want those little individual green things in my mouth. No, thank you. <laughs> but I, oh, I take complete delight and love peaches. They're delicious. So I wanna make sure I plant the right thing in order to eat what I really wanna eat, right? Okay, so don't, uh, don't expect to harvest something different than you planted. Another principle is don't expect to harvest what others have sown. Sometimes we reap a little bit of a benefit of the work of someone else, right? That is true. But in general, if we don't sew it in, it's not, it, we're not gonna get it back. And we lose the truth of this a little bit because I can now go swipe a little plastic and have somebody throw food in my car for me, right? I don't see what happens in the soil all the way to how it gets to my table. It just magically shows up as something I can eat. Or perhaps it's like engineered in a chemist lab. I don't know <laughs> these days, who knows? It may not grow. But spiritually, mentally, physically, I can't just go pay a few dollars and have a healthy soul or have a healthy marriage or have a healthy mind. I have to sow it into my life. Um, okay, so that is, uh, don't expect to harvest what others have sown. Also, don't expect to harvest if you didn't plant. Again, seems super obvious, and yet, uh, turns out that you can't sit on the couch and have rock hard abs. 
doesn't happen. If you don't plant it, you're not going to reap it. It's astounding that this is so logical, guys, so logical, and yet we don't live like it is the truth. We don't live logic. Okay, uh, I have this little bag here. It's all sealed up nice, and if you can see, it looks like essentially dirt or garbage in there. Like that should, I mean, if you found that, you would like throw it out, right? It looks like a twig. Um, and the truth is it might be garbage at this point, but <laughs> at one point it was a dahlia, a dinner plate cafe au lait, creamy beige blossom. All the information in here, but guess what? I got this as a gift like two years ago and then put it in a drawer and forgot to plant it. And so I don't think that it looks like it's, was like it did originally. I think it was all bound as a bulb and now it's like not. I mean, I'm still gonna plant it, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna try. <laughs> but it does me no good sitting in a drawer unplanted. It will never, never produce the beautiful bloom that it was meant. The information that was inside of here will never produce something because I never planted it. Yay me. Sorry, Tyra, if you're watching online, my sister-in-law got it for me. It was a lovely gift. I delight in it. I love it. I, I'm sad that I maybe are never, I'm never going to see the flowers that should have been. All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Don't expect to harvest if you didn't plant. Okay, verse eight says more about this. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. Going back, don't expect to harvest what you didn't plant. If you plant peas, you're gonna get peas, right? So um, we watch all kinds of immoral shows with people hooking up, with all kinds of immorality, and then we're surprised that we're dissatisfied in our own marriages. You reap what you sow. If you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, don't think for one second that's gonna stay to that one person because you will reap bitterness in all directions. And those of you who live with a bitter person, uh, keep it quiet, but inside you're saying amen right now. I know you are. <laughs> because it doesn't stay contained all cute and nice in a box. We can't uh, have sin that we sort of keep secret in that box and then just take it out and pet it once in a while and then put it back. Oh, okay, yay. Because as James 1 says, um, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Do you hear those words? dragged away? Does that sound like controllable to you? No, and when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. You bring home a little tiny little kitten that's so cute, and pretty soon you have a tiger that destroys your life. Dragged away and enticed. Paul is painting quite a picture of opposites here. Go back to that. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. L decay, think about it, literally a crumbling in your hands. That's what you harvest. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. And that phrase, that everlasting life or that eternal life, we think of that in, in terms of like someday. It's a time frame. But in the original lang language, it actually holds the connotation of not just time frame, but the quality of the age now. Heaven life now. If you sow to the Spirit, you reap the benefits of heaven life now. Not just someday, in the now. The quality of the age of eternity that we have to look forward to. 
Paul gives us a list of what these uh, pursuits of the flesh and the spirit will yield us and, and how we, we produce that in our lives just one chapter earlier in chapter five. And I'm gonna use some of the words uh, from the message version, some from the New Living Translation because I think that both of those hold a little bit more um, real life sort of, we get it. You know, sometimes you can hear these, these terms and they sound so spiritual, but you're like, what in the world does that mean? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just list off some of these uh, pursuits of the flesh. Sexual immorality, loveless cheap sex, lust-filled pleasures, frenzied grabs for happiness, following after trinket gods, pursuing magic show religion, outbursts of anger, cutthroat, selfish ambitions, quarreling and divisiveness, jealousy and envy. Jealousy says, I wish I had that, but envy goes a step further and says, because I don't have that, I don't want you to have that either. And we see that play out in our uh, world today like crazy. Um, Drunkenness, wild parties, and then he follows all these acts of the flesh with a list of the spiritual acts. And that is the fruit of the spirit, love. Think about that. It's really letting love and affection for others rule our words and our emotions. Joy, taking delight and seeing gratefulness about your life. Peace, living out from a belief that God is in control. Patience, a willingness to stick with things and give grace for the people learning around you. Kindness, showing compassion instead of sticking to my rights. Goodness, a conviction that basic holiness matters. Faithfulness, choosing to stay in loyal commitment. Gentleness, not needing to force my way in life. Self-control, able to direct my energies wisely, not needing to put my full strength on display just to prove something. I find it interesting that, uh, and a little bit annoying, if I'm being honest, (laughs) that sowing to the flesh gives you an immediate gratification or boost, but in the long term it reaps uh, negative effects. But when I choose to sow to the spirit, oftentimes it's a little bit painful in the moment. I have to self-control, I have to hold back, I have to choose differently in order to have uh, something in the future and to reap good in the future. So think about it, if somebody makes me mad and I tell them off in the moment, I reap to the flesh, it feels good for a second, right? Oh man, oh, I told them. And then I get home and realize, oh yeah, I made a public fool of myself, that does not feel so good. Or, I can go out and say, nope, I'm not gonna buy that new outfit. Ooh, it's so cute, I would look cute in that. But it's because I wanna go to Italy someday, so I'm gonna save instead. See, in the moment, you have a choice. Do I want instant gratification, or do I want long-term, the right thing, the good thing? And every day, every conversation, every moment offers us a choice. There isn't really a neutral, we'd like neutral, right? But every moment, every word says, am I gonna sow into the flesh or am I gonna sow into the spirit? Robert Louis Stevenson says this, sooner or later in life, we all sit down to a banquet of consequences. They're coming, you reap what you sow. 
And that uh, sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit sounds so religious, guys, but just think about it this way. Am I gonna sow to what my selfish nature, what I want for me? Or am I gonna sow into true love, which says, what is required of me here? What's the right thing? What would Jesus have me do? And every moment, again, every conversation, every act offers a choice. And if you don't choose, unfortunately, have you heard, uh, well, I, I didn't put this in my notes, so I might not get this right, but the, I think it's the uh, first law of thermodynamics. Somebody who's really smart can correct me later. But anyway, if, uh, if you don't tend to something, basically it says it will decay, like it's, it's going to go to ruin. So if you don't choose, you're actually choosing to sow unto the flesh rather than to the spirit because that takes an active choice. Verse nine says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Let's be honest, sowing can be wearying. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that Paul follows up this conversation with, don't give up because you plant a seed, you scatter it, you whatever. What do you have to do after that? Yeah, you have to water it. You gotta maybe chase away a couple of moles or slugs or something. Um, but mostly you have to wait. Most of the work is done underneath the soil where I can't see it. And so I sow what I think is good, but I have to wait to see anything good come back out of it. It takes time. And so P Paul says, well, don't give up. Keep going, because you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Don't let off the gas, let it go. It takes time and the work might not be seen and that's hard, but God is faithful. All the information is needed in that little seed. It's in there, it's contained. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with a purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. There's a prize of blessing at the end of the race, at the end of sewing. So students, keep going. Moms, keep loving. No matter how many times you've said the exact same thing again, say it again with kindness. One day your kids will catch it, right? <laughs> Trust in God's timing, because my job, my only job is to be obedient to what he's asked me to do. God's job is the results of that. That's not up to me. I don't get to control that. All I can do is be obedient, be faithful to what God has asked me to do. Um, it says that just the right opportunity at just the right moment. In the Greek, this is kairos, which denotes the right time, the proper time, a time favorable for a particular purpose. We have to trust in the Lord to bring about that harvest at just the right time for his particular purpose, which is kind of a bummer because we'd like it to be on our own time with our own purpose but God is doing something different oftentimes and we have to wait for it. Our English word opportunity comes from the Latin, which means toward the port, opportunity, toward the port. 
And I thought this is a really good visual for us to keep with us, but it suggests a ship taking advantage of the wind and the tide in order to arrive safely at the port, at the harbor. I love that. Just the right time, taking advantage of the wind in order to arrive safely in the harbor. And we have to have that trust in our almighty God to see that and to bring that about. And that's why I actually think that this is a particularly good message for moms. It's hard to be a mom way harder than I ever would have imagined. Way better, but way harder. And I am substantially, let me see if I say this right, substantially less good at it than I thought I might be. <laughs> it's hard. You have to do the exact same things, monotonous, day in, day out. And oftentimes you have no idea if that little seed that you've scattered is going to produce anything. And yet, do not be deceived. You reap what you sow. I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep loving. Moms, keep going. Don't get discouraged. God cannot be mocked. It doesn't matter if you turn up your nose and you feel like, ooh, I'm no good at this. <laughs> mm, God, are you sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing? It's a principle. You reap what you sow. Uh, Robert, Louis Stevenson, don't hardly even know who the guy is. I mean, I know he's a writer and all that kind of stuff, but this week I read two quotes from him at two different times, so it got my attention. So I wanna end with another quote from him. It says, don't judge the day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. My job, obedience. God's job, outcome. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each person in here. And God, I pray particularly over the moms that she would not grow weary in doing good. God, knowing that she will reap a harvest if she doesn't give up. And God, I pray for all of us in here that in every conversation and every uh, moment that we have, every action, God, that we would choose to reap to the Spirit. God, that we would even speak that over ourselves and to ourselves, no, I'm gonna reap to the Spirit now so that the harvest will be eternal, have long lasting results that are for the good of the people around me, for my own good, God, that the, I don't wanna reap a, a destruction. I don't wanna reap a crumbling in my hand when I sow to the flesh, that's what happens. So God, I pray that we would keep mindful of that fact. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.